0: Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Da'f Nun hey Da'f 55 of Msekhta Uh Today's Da'f, as somebody said once a few years ago, there's a lot of bunch of stuff in here. And there's a lot of bunch of stuff in this Da'f. So, it talks about doing melacha on Tishabav, melacha on Ereb Pesach, melacha on all sorts of Malacha in Yonim. That's what we're going to do today. Let us begin. We're on Daf Nunhei. Yes, Daf Nunhei, very first line of the Daf. So this was a Mishnah that we had on Daf Nunhei yesterday. It said, um, so it was talking about if they have a minute to do if the Minig is that they do Malach on Tishabav, so they do Malach on Tishabav. the Minig is that they don't do Malach on Tishabav, so they don't do Malach on Tishabav. And they say, but no, no matter what the Minig is, the Tamilich Chachamim, they do not do Malach on Tishabav. And it says, A person can always make himself into a Tamilich Chacham. He can always uh, treat himself like a Tamilich Chacham, meaning that uh, to not do work, and that would be acceptable. So now the Gemara is Sakasha, and I, I, I actually asked this, question yesterday I thought it rang a bell and, and the Gemara Taka quotes the Gemara from Brachas So the Gemara wants to know so this implies that um, the Chachamim are concerned about Yura that the Chachamim are concerned right they say only the Tamil Chachamim um, don't do work on Tisha B'av. but if you're not a Tamil Chacham so then if the Minig is to do work so do work Rabbi Shimon says, no, anybody, you know, if you don't want to do work, you don't have to do work. So it sounds like the Chachamim were concerned that, you know, any Nunnik like me, so it wouldn't be appropriate to refrain from doing work on Tisha B'av unless you're Tamil Chacham because um, you can't just pretend like you're a Chacham. Whereas according to Rabbi Shimon he's not concerned. So now, but we see the opposite in Masech Debrachis. is we learn in a mission in de Chosen a groom if he wants to read Kriashma on the night that he gets married so he can that's the Chachamim's opinion that not anybody wants to you know say that he's such a big time that he's going to be able or that he's such a great person that he'll be able to have Kavane you know you can't just decide that you're on the level that you can have proper Kavane so we see over there that the Chachamim are saying that um Anybody can read Kriyashma on the night of their wedding, whereas B'Shimun Megamlech says not just anybody can do it. Not anybody who just wants to, as Rashi says, like take on the mantle, right? The Keser the mantle of of being very separate and um, staying away and having fear of sin. Anyways, so new. So we see over here. That the Chacham are concerned about people you're just prancing around this thing the chachamim, where Shimon Gamliel is not. Yet by Kriyashma the night of your wedding, it's the opposite. So Amr so Yochanan says that one of them is backwards. Okay, fine. Rabbi Shisha Ravidi. So Shisha Baidu Ravidi has been getting a lot of uh, a lot of it, a lot of uh, time recently. I don't know how how often do we see Rabbi Shisha Ravidi? I don't know. It's not exactly like Abaye and Rava. But over the past, uh, I'd say over the past week, he came up. He came up yesterday. Came up on Daf Memtes. I don't know, maybe other times too. Anyway, so it says if do low do not switch it around. The Rabbanan, The the, the Rabbanon are not uh, causing a problem for themselves. Look, I understand the Chacham. Over here by Tisha B'av, if it's a place where the Minig is to do Malachah, and only the Tamid Chacham are not doing malacha, and then this guy decides that he's not going to be doing malacha, well then it's Shtikol Hori, right? Everyone's doing malacha and he's not. Why? He thinks he's such a big Tamid Chacham. when it comes to kriashma, when it comes to Kriyashma, what's he doing at the end of the day? He's saying Kriyashma? Everybody says Kriyashma, so he's not really making such a statement. He's just doing like everybody else is doing. Therefore, by Kriyashma, they're not really so concerned. When it comes to, you know, if this person wants to make a point of refraining from doing Malacha, it sticks out and therefore, they're not willing to be okay with that. So also, Reb is actually not arguing on himself in the two cases. Because, so, Reb when it comes to Kriyashma on the night of your wedding, so, Kriyashma, you have to have kavanah. And look, we can testify, we can attest to the fact that this guy is not going to be able to have kavanah. He's just a regular guy and Mistami is not going to have proper kavanah on the night that he just got married. So, therefore, if he wants to say, no, I will have kavanah, well, then that's uh, being a shtickle haughty. And therefore, B'shem Ben Gamlil is going to say over there, But here by by, by Tishbab, what, the guy doesn't want to do work? He's just like everybody else who doesn't want to do work. It doesn't look like uh, haughtiness. Amri, they're going to say, Look, he doesn't have any work to do. What do you want me to tell you? Go out and see. You know, he's not alone. right? Go out and see how many other people are just sitting around doing nothing all day. So it's not going to be particularly haughty. So um, it says, That... the Rabbanim do not argue on themselves. They can explain why they make sense, why they hold like they do in each case. And Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel can do the same. New Mishnah of a Chacham Ommim. The Chacham say, "Yehuda, you osin milach ba'aviv psach mat chatzos uvgadol la'ha you osin kol aker." Okay, so where? Um, so the the Mishnah the very beginning of the parak. What daf was that? Dafnun. The Mishnah Daf Nun u'miralef said that you know if the minig is that you do malacha on Tishabav, so do malacha. If the minig, no, on Erev Pesach. So if the minig is that in a certain place, that you do malacha on Erev Pesach, so do malacha. If the minig is that you don't do malacha on Erev Pesach, don't do malacha. So now says the Mishnah now, v'chacham, the v'chacham, say b'yehuda, hayo malacha That in Yehuda, they would takah do malacha on Erev Pesach until chatsos. but in the galil, they would not do malacha on their pesach bechlal. halayla. what about at night? What about the night uh, between the 13th and the 14th? The night of uh, B'dikas Chametz. Bechame Ostrim, Vesil Matir Nadin Ezechama, Bechame says it's osir. You're not allowed to do malacha at night. Whereas Beis Hillel say that you are allowed to do malacha that night until sunrise. Says the Gemara. What's going on over here? At the beginning of the parak, when we're talking about uh, doing melacha on, on Erev Pesach, we're talking about minhagim. If the minig is to do melacha, you could do melacha in Tuchat the minig is not to do melacha, don't do melacha. Now all of a sudden we're seeing what? Osrim, matir. We're talking about Isure melacha. Like, what's going on here? First we start with minhagim. Now we're talking about isurim. Like, let's get a shtickle clarity over here. Rabbi Yochanan says Rabbi says it's no problem. Ha Reb Meir, Ha Reb Yehuda. It's a machlokas between Reb Meir and Reb Yehuda. Okay. D'etanyas we we'll learn in the bray. So Am Reb Yehuda says Reb Yehuda, Be Yehuda. Then the region of Eretz Yisroa called Yehuda. You also melacha by Pesach until Chatzos. They would do melacha on erev Pesach until Chatzos. Whereas in the Galil, they would not do melacha on erev Pesach b'cholal. Amul Reb Meir. Reb Meir says to Reb Yehuda, Mariah, Yehuda, regardless. Why are we talking about Yehuda? And Galil, like, what, what's specific, what's special about Yehuda and Galil? There's nothing specific about Yehuda and Galil over here. Rather, what it is, is that in any place where the Minig is, that they do Malacha, you can do Malacha. If the Minig is, you don't do Malacha, you don't do Malacha. Now, from the fact that Rabbeer says, responds to Rabbeuda and says that it depends where there's a Minig, Mikhlad Rabbi Yehuda Isura Kamar implies that Rabbi Yehuda is not talking about a minhag, he's talking about an Isra, i.e. that in places where they don't, they don't do malachah, they don't do malachah because they feel that it's actually forbidden to do malachah in ere Pesach. In places where they do do malachah, it's because it's permitted. So we're going to see, so we're going to say that according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's a question of mutter versus asr, whereas according to a mayor, it's a question of minhag, you know, is it your minhag to do malachah or is, is your minhag that you don't do malachah? Now, does Rabbi Yehuda really hold that you're allowed to do melacha? That you're allowed to do work on the 14th day of Nisan? Now it's an interesting question that the Gemara is asking because, because we saw that according to Rabbi Yehuda it doesn't really say either way, right? Really it just says depends where you are. If you're in Yehuda, you're allowed to do melacha. If you're in the Galil, you're not allowed to do melacha. But anyways, whatever. The Gemara asks, does Rabbi Yehuda really say that you're allowed to do melacha? right on, on the 14th of Nisan, but we learn in a Rabbi Yehuda Omer says, Rabbi Yehuda, HaMenachesh Bishlosha Asur." Aha. Okidoki. So what are we talking about? So you have a fellow and he's weeding his garden on uh, the 13th day of Nisan. Okay, Pesach is coming up on the 15th day of Nisan. It's now the 13th day of Nisan and he's weeding his garden. He's, he's, he's I don't know, getting rid of weeds. Okay. V'neka Biado, and like some wheat got pulled out of the ground. Now, why is that significant? It's significant because the Omer, the Korban Omer, is offered on the 15th day of Nisan. Okay, and as we've seen a few times in Mesech Tapsachim, that once the Korban Omer is offered, did I say the 15th day of Nisan? It's offered on the second day of Pesach, which is the 16th day of Nisan. So, right, the first day of Pesach is the 15th, then they offer the Korban Omer on the 16th. Now, once they... Offer the Korban omer. Now, any of the chadash, any of the any of the um, produce from that year, you're now allowed to consume. But until the korbanah omer is offered, you are not allowed to consume the produce of that year. Now, the concern here is that if he pulls it out of the ground and it's not yet ripe, then he puts it back into the ground. Well, then if it's uh, not considered like it's taken root before the Omer is offered, well, then he's going to have to wait until the following year. But if we can argue that already by the time the Omer was offered on the 16th of Nisan, this uh, grain already took root, well, then the Korban of Omer permits it, and, and then when you harvest it, you can eat it immediately. So the idea over here is that this fellow was weeding his garden, and he accidentally pulled out like some wheat or something. Now, it's not yet ripe, right, so he wants to put it back into the ground. The question is, Will there be enough time for it to get back into the ground and to take root before the Korban Omer is offered on the 16th day of Nisan? And if there is enough time, then that means that once the Korban Omer is offered, then these guys are 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 included in it. And, and when they're ripe, you'll be able to eat them immediately. If they haven't yet taken root, well then they're not going to be included in this year's Korban Omer. They're gonna to have to. You're not gonna be able to eat it until the following year. So now. So let's read that again. So Rebihud HaOmer says, Rebihud If a person is weeding his garden on the 13th day of Nisan, and then uh, some wheat or something got pulled out of the ground, so what you do is you put it back into the ground in some kind of like muddy place where um, the wheat will be able to take root before the 16th day of Nisan grid, But don't put it in a dry area where it's not going to be able to take root. Now, here's the question. Now, Rabbi Yehuda seems to be saying specifically that you're weeding on the 13th day of Nisan. Why not weed on the 14th day of Nisan? If, after all, Rabbi Yehuda holds that you're allowed to do Malacha on the 14th day of Nisan... Now, let's see. Now, we know that Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is the Amr that he says that anything that you put into the ground that's been there for less than three days, I'm sorry, if it doesn't um, take root after three days, well, it's not going to take root at all. Now, which means. That three days is enough time for something to take root, according to Rabbi Yudha. And therefore, if Rabbi Yudha only needs three days, well then, And if you say that you're allowed to do, if Rabbi Yudha holds that you're allowed to do on the 14th, well then, How come he's saying that the fellow is specifically weeding on the 13th day of Nisan? If you were to be weeding on the 14th day, That should be just fine. He's he's weeding on the 14th day. The thing gets pulled out of his hand. He says, whoa. And then he puts it back in the ground. And now you have whatever's left in the 14th. You have the entire 15th. You have whatever is there on the 16th until the Omer is offered. Three days. And it's enough for it to take root. And whenever it's ready, you can now eat it. And it'll be included in that year's Korban Omer. So from the fact that Rebuta... Even though the 14th would be enough to technically be able to hop around in this year's Korban Omer, And yet, Rabbi Huda says, don't plant it in the ground on the 14th. Uh, uh, or meaning, we're not talking about a person who's weeding on the 14th. Rather, he's weeding on the 13th. Why is he weeding on the 13th? What's wrong with the 14th? What's wrong with the 14th is that you're not allowed to do Malacha on the 14th. So we see that Rabbi Huda holds that you're not allowed to do Malacha on the 14th. That's the Gemara's kasha. So, I'm Shanu. So, Rav says, well... That Bryce is talking about in the Galil, where they're not allowed to do, where they, where they don't do Malach on the 14th. That's why Rebuta said on the 13th. Cause as, after all, Rebuta says that in Yehuda they do Malach on the 14th, but in Galil they don't. So that, that, so that, uh, Brysa, which is talking about, uh, weeding on the 13th, it's in the Galil, where they don't do Malach on the 14th. Now question, how come, Rebuta specifically says the 13th. Can't he still say that maybe they were weeding at the 13th at night? Right? Kill the night or the 14th? So, Ravshesha says, so, Rav says, well, it's like Beisham, who says that you're not allowed to, that the Mishnah is assuming like Beisham, that you're not allowed to do Malacha at night. Okay? Rebuta says, you could even say it's like Sila, who says it's muta more to, more to do Malacha at night. Okay, well, this, so then, how come Rebuta is saying dafka that we're talking about during the day? Why not at night? If and because you don't usually weed your uh, uh, garden at night, you'll do that during the day. So if you're not doing it on the 14th during the day, because it's also to do malacha, if you're in the galil, so then do it on the 13th, because that, you know, people don't usually do it at night, so they'll do it on the 13th. Ravina amr al Yehuda. So Ravina says, actually, it's talking about Yehuda. Hmm, okay, so if we're talking about Yehuda, so then, you're allowed to do milach on the 14th. So why is so why why is Reb Yudah talking about the 13th? So chad tre kikula lo says uh, Ravina. Look, we're willing to say one ki kikula, right? Meaning, in order for the the replanting on the 14th to work and to be able to around in this week's in this year's um, Korban Omer, you would have to say that whatever is left in the 14th counts as a day. Then you have the entire 15th and whatever part of the 16th before the Omer is offered also counts as a day. And that's how you get your three days. So it says, look, we're willing to say one time, but to say that two out of the three days are partial days is shtickle pushing it. So therefore, that is why um Rebuda is suggesting that they are weeding on the 13th so that you have the entire 14th, the entire 15th, and then whatever uh, part of the 16th before the Korban Omer is offered. Okay, fine. Very good. So we see that according to Abudah, he says that in Yehuda they would do melacha on Erev Pesach, and in the Galil, they would not. New Mishnah, Reb Meir, Omar says, Reb Meir, kom melacha she ischil kodim la'abaha oser, gromur Okay, so Reb Meir says that any melacha that was began before the 14th day of Nisan, so you can finish it on the 14th day of Nisan, aval, li'aschil ba'atchila ba'abaha oser. However, do not start fresh melacha on the 14th day of Nissan. do not start a new project on the 14th day of Nissan. just finish existing projects even though you know that you'll be able you know it's obvious that you'll be able to finish the project on that same day does not matter no starting new projects only um, finishing old ones there are actually three professions that 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 these three professions are permitted to do melacha on erev pesach until chatzos. What are these three? And that's even like to start new projects. What are these three professions? V'elu and the tailors, and the haircutters. Uh, I need a haircut. I need a haircut. The um, Not like I needed a few year, a few weeks ago, uh, a few months ago. Although truth be told, you know what I I. Th- oh. I think maybe I need more of a haircut this time. But I don't really want to get a haircut. Let's go fight there. Um, where am I? Ah, and the uh, launderers. Okay? Rabbi Yoseb Rabbi Yehuda, who I believe was Rabbi Yehuda's son, says even the uh, shoemakers are allowed to do melacha. On Erev Pesach. Okay, fine, very good. It says the Gemara Ibailu, so they want to know. Now, when mayor says that you're allowed to finish an existing project, but you're not allowed to start a new project on the 14th of Nisan. So is that specifically things that are needed for the Yomtiv? But if it's not necessary for the Yomtiv, so then you wouldn't even um, complete the malacha, right? When we say that you're allowed to complete an existing project, is that something that you need for yomtiv? But if it's something that you don't need for yomtiv, you wouldn't even be allowed to to complete an existing project. O or perhaps maybe the Mishnah is specifically saying no, if it's not specifically Yomtif related, so then just finish up an existing project of but if you need it for Tif, so you can even start the project if it's the turyumtive o or a third option, you know what? Maybe there's no differentiation between needing you know or not turtiv if you need it for the holiday or not. O right? here's the third op- possibility Bain the turmoid whether it's needed for the yamtiv, whether it's not, there's no difference. Migmar in aschul you're allowed to complete a an existing project. You're not allowed to start a new one. Tashma. We're gonna try a whole number of ways to answer this question, and in the end, we'll we'll get a shtickle clarity. Tashma coming here. Okay, so we have a, a in which it says that do not start. A new project on the 14th day of Nisan. And this includes even a a tiny, you know, even like a a small belt or even a hairnet, like very um, small projects. Nonetheless, you may not begin them on Erev Yomtiv. So, my afilu, what does it mean, even these small projects? So, lav afilu hani dilitzore chamoed. Are we not saying that, meaning even this belt, even this hairnet, things that you're going to need on the holiday. Nonetheless, migmar in ashu lo, And we're saying that you're allowed to complete them if you started them the day before, but you wouldn't be allowed to start the project. So, michlal implying, deshalo that if it is not needed for the holiday, well then migmar na'mi lo, then you wouldn't even be allowed to finish it. So the Gemara says lo, no. the So the Gemari says no. Really I can argue that even if it's not needed for the holiday, you're allowed to finish your project. so then what's this like even these small little things? Afilu even these Nami, the that they're very small, the I may have thought to argue that Ashhalasan Zoe that, by the time you start them, you, you know, you're basically finishing them already. So, like, starting these little things is basically finishing them. Because it's such a small project. So, I might think that I can, I could, I could work on these small little projects. They're very small. Maybe I could start them. Then, no, even these things you are not allowed to start. And but I could make the argument that in terms of finishing projects, that's whether you need it for the holiday or not. Now, Tashma, come in here. Reb Omer, says Reb so any Malacha that is specifically needed for the Yom also, you're allowed to finish it on the 14th day of Nisan. That's if he started working on this project before the 14th. That's if he started working on this project before the 14th. But if he did not begin the project before the 14th, do not commence the project on the 14th, even if we're talking about a little belt or a small hairnet, so what do we see? He says pretty clearly, that we're saying, yeah, you're allowed to finish this project. But if it's not needed for the holiday, then you would not be allowed to complete the project, says the Gemara. Not necessarily who I can make the argument that no, even if it is not needed for the holiday, you are allowed to complete this um, activity Malan, what this Bryce is teaching us that even when it is needed for the moid migmar in as you are only allowed to complete a melacha, you're not allowed to um, start one Tashma come in here with Mayor Omar says with mayor. Any melacha that is needed for the Yom Gomer Bar ba you are allowed to com- complete it on the 14th day of Nisan. V'She'ena L'Tzorech chamoid. And if it's not needed for the Moed, Asar, you are not allowed to complete it on the Moed. Okay? There you go. V'osin mal- uh, you, I'm sorry, if it's not needed for the holiday, you're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to complete it on the 14th. Now, but we're not done yet. V'Oson, Melacha, V'Bai V'Psochem An Chatzos, V'Mokam shinagum. Now, however, if it's a place where they have the minig to do malacha on Erev Pesach, well, then you would be allowed to finish on Erev Pesach, even if it's not needed for the holiday. Okay, let's go by to for a second. So we see specifically in a place where they have the minig to do malacha, you'd be allowed to complete things that you started that, that are not needed for the Moed, but if the Minig is not to do Malacha, then you may not complete things that are not connected to the holiday. Vishma Mina, and we learn from here, the Inshla, the HaMoid Lo, Mina, so we see if it's specifically needed for the Moed, yes, not needed for the Moed, no. Meaning, but here's the important part, which is, so, if you live in a place where the Minig is that you don't do Malacha on Arab Pesach, you're nonetheless allowed to, um complete a project that is needed for yomtiv. You can complete a project that is needed for yomtiv, but you may not start. Now if you live if you live in a place where the Minig is that they you're allowed to do malacha, then that means that you're allowed to complete a project even if it's not the Hamoid. But in-, in both cases you would not be allowed to start a new project. Very interesting stuff. Now, the Chacham om said that there are three professions that um that that that, that they are allowed to even start new projects on Erev Pesach until Chatzos. Tana, we learn in Ebreisach chayotin that the tailors are allowed to work on Erev Pesach. She can head your tofer, Kedaraka, B'choloshamoid, because a regular person is allowed to, um, sew. I guess if he needs to sew something on Cholamoid, so then he's allowed to sew. So therefore, on Erev Pesach, which is more lenient, certainly, so then even a Professional tailor would be allowed to um, do his job. Hasaporn the haircutters and the launderers are allowed to do their work on Arab Pesach because if you have a fellow who came back from a, a, you know a, a travel on cholamoid, or somebody who got released from jail on cholamoid, misapun that you're allowed to. Get a haircut or do laundry on Cholamoid in those cases. So, since you're allowed to do cholem, uh, laundry or get a haircut in those cases, so the um, haircutters and the uh, launderers are allowed to do melacha on Erev Pesach. Meaning, since you can do these things even on Cholomoyd in certain cases, so in Erev Pesach it's allowed. Rabbi Omer says Afaratzonin, even the shoemakers are allowed to do business on Erev Pesach because. Because people who um, came to uh, be regal, came to Jerusalem for the for for the holiday are allowed to fix their shoes on cholamoid. Therefore, shoemakers are allowed to work on Arab Pesach. But my kamiflage, what is the machlokas between uh, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudha and the Tanaka? How come Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi includes? shoemakers, and the Tanakhama does not. My servant made in t'chilas melacha, misof melacha, my sarva ain't in t'chilas melacha, misof melacha. It's about can we learn starting, initiating uh, a melacha from completing a melacha, right? Meaning, the um, fellows who came to Jerusalem for the holiday, so they're allowed to fix existing shoes on Cholamoid. But now, if we're saying that shoemakers are allowed to do work on Erev Pesach, that means they're even allowed to start new shoe projects on Erev Pesach. So the question is, you know, can you apply one to the other, right? Does the fact that ole Regalim, and nobody disputes the fact that people who come to Jerusalem for the holiday are permitted to fix their shoes on cholamoid, but does that mean that therefore shoemakers are allowed to start new shoe projects on, on, on Erev Pesach? Rabbi, says, Rabbi Yosef Bermuda says, yes, sure. And the Chachamim say, no. Okay, very beautiful. Alrighty. Okay, be a On the 14th day of Nisan, you're allowed to make, uh, dove coats for chickens. Huh? Why are we making dove coats for chickens? So, Rashi says that actually it's saying two things here. That we're making dove coats for doves. And we're making, and, uh, and it means moshivin tanagolim. Meaning, if you have eggs and you want the chicken to sit on the eggs, so you can do that on the 14th of of Nisan, okay? Now, if you have a chicken that ran away, you could return it. And if you have a chicken that died while on the job, so you could replace it with uh, another chicken to sit around. If you have an animal and you want to shovel out, I don't know, maybe like some dung and stuff, whatever it is, you want to shovel out from under the animal. So you're allowed to do that on the 14th of Moed meaning you can shovel it out and you can th- um, like throw it out in the garbage somewhere. But, um, uvamoid, and But during the holiday, so then you would just, um, put it on the side. You wouldn't, like, you know, dispose of it entirely, um, like in a whole, bring it to some separate disposal area. You wouldn't do that on, on the cholam but you would do that on, um, the 14th. Dispose of it elsewhere. And, molichin kelim, m'vin m'besa Uman. You can, um, bring vessels to and, retrieve vessels from the artisan even though you do not need them for the festival it says if you're allowed to if we're saying that on the 14th of Nisan you're allowed to take a chicken and put it on top of eggs so then certainly if it got away you could bring it back you can even initiate it on the 14th of Nisan so obviously you could if it ran away you can chop it and put it back no, the Sefa is talking about no, Chol meaning on the 14th day of Nisan, you're allowed to take a chicken and put it on some eggs. That's fine. Now, on Chol you wouldn't be allowed to take a chicken and put it on some eggs, but if it was already on the eggs, then it, Taka ran away so you could hop it and put it back. Got that? Let's read that again. Says, that when we say that on moid you're allowed to take a, a chicken that ran away and put it back on the eggs, so it's under two conditions. Number one, that it needs to be within three days since it ran away, that it's like, um, willingness to continue, it's, it's heat, but meaning, it's, it's it's openness, it's willingness to sit on these eggs is still there, right? But after three days already, uh, the chicken is not really going to be interested in sitting on these eggs anymore. Um meaning if it ran away more than three days ago. So when we say that it ran away, um that right that if it ran away you could put it back, it means that it ran away less than three days ago. And also Vachoshali Shivasa, and it also means that it was also already sitting on the eggs for three days. Depse de la be ligami, that at that point it's it's past a point of no return, i.e., these eggs um are no longer gonna be edible after three days of sitting. So, so I think I think the fancy word for this is is maybe incubating or something, very very advanced like that. Anyways, so it says of Funa, um There need to be these two criteria: a that the chicken ran away less than three days ago, and b it had already been sitting on the eggs for more than three days um, because at that point uh, you know you can't eat the eggs anymore. Now, but if the uh, chicken had ran away more than three days ago that it's not going to be willing to go you know, sit on the eggs anymore, or if it had not yet been sitting on the eggs for three days, that you haven't completely lost the eggs yet, meaning you could still theoretically eat them, then we would not bring back the chicken on Cholamoid. Um, Rabbi Ami, says Rabbi Ami, that even if it had not yet been Sitting on the eggs for 30, for, for 3 days, um, still you could bring back the chicken. But my kemiflege, how come Tanakama says, well, how come Rav, Rav Huna says that you'd only return the chicken if it had been sitting on the eggs for at least 3 days? And Rabbi Ami says, uh, even if it's less than 3 days. So the Gemara answers, The thing is, once the chicken sits on the eggs, for you know, I guess even if it's less than three days, they're not going to be as gishmak as, uh, chi- as 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 eggs that the chicken didn't sit on at all, and therefore you're not going to be able to sell them for as good of a price. And therefore, Rabbi Ami says, look, you're you know even if it's been less than three days, the fact of the matter is you're not going to be able to sell them. You know, if you want to sell eggs, you're not going to be able to get the same price for them as if the chicken didn't wasn't sitting on it at all, and therefore. Uh, because there's, there there's, you know, some amount of of, of financial loss here, so you could bring back the chicken even on Cholomoid, even if, um, you know, it, it hadn't yet been sitting on the eggs for three days. Whereas Rafuna says that, uh, yeah, fine, maybe you're going to sell them for cheaper, but it's not a complete loss, it's not a major loss, and therefore, You wouldn't bring back the chicken on cholamoid if it had been sitting on the eggs for less than three days. Only if it had been sitting on the eggs for at least three days. Continues the gemara. Gorfin mitachas v'chule. We say that you're allowed to shovel away. I guess any like dung and stuff that's under the animal. So we said if it's if it's on the fourteenth, you could shovel it away and like dispose of it properly. If it's on cholamoid, just shovel it to the side and and deal with it properly after yomtiv. If you have, like, dung and excrement in the chatser, in the courtyard, just put it all off to the side. If it is in the, like, um, cow pen or in the courtyard, then put it, then, then you could take it out to the Proper disposal. Now, this doesn't make any sense. On the one end, we said, the first thing we said is that if you have excrement in the courtyard, just put it on the side. Then we said that if there's um, excrement in the uh, cow pen or in the courtyard, you're allowed to take it out to the the proper disposal. So, one, one second. First we said in the courtyard, just put it on the side. Then we're saying in the courtyard, you could bring it out to its proper disposal. Which one is it? So Amar Abaye Lo Kasha. Baye says it's no problem. Can be a Can be It depends if it's the the fourteen or the, or cholamoid. That if it is the fourteen, so then you could dispose of it properly. If it's cholamoid, just put it on the side. Rava Amar Hava Abuchulam shemoid. Rava says no. You could say that they're both talking about on cholamoid. Okay, new. No. So what's going on? Nice a chutz a kurefes and also leashba. Know what it means is that if there is. When it when when it says that if there is dung in the cow pen or in the chatser, you could put it, you could bring it out to the proper disposal. What it means is that if there is dung in the chatser, if there's excrement in the chatser, and it's so bad that it's like it's mamish a cow pen in there. I don't know if that's the right word, cow pen, cow pie, cow cow stai, cow chfeishnesh. Anyways, if it's mamish a uh, shvera uh, matzav darin in the in the chatser, so then, so then you'd be allowed to dispose of the excrement to a proper disposal area, even on Chol Hamoid. That is Rava's explanation. let's bring it home. Molichin kelim you are allowed to take uh, vessels to and retrieve vessels from the craftsmen. Om Rav Papa Rava, Rav says that our teacher Rava would test us, right? Of course, our Papa was a student of Rava, not a bad reb- Rebbe to actually it sounds like a very amazing Rebbe to Anyways, Rava would um, test his students, okay, so Papa is talking about that, and he and, and Rava asked them, Tanat, on the one hand, our Mishnah says, So on the one hand, our Mishnah says, that you're allowed to um, take and retrieve um, vessels from the craftsmen even though you do not need them for the festival you can nonetheless bring them and retrieve them but we have a question we have a b'risa that says you're not allowed to take vessels from the craftsmen and if you're concerned that maybe they'll get stolen so then just bring them to a different chaser and hopefully they won't get stolen there. No, so on the one hand, our mission is saying that you are allowed to bring and retrieve vessels. On the other hand, we have a Bryce that says that you're not allowed to retrieve vessels. So Mishanino says of Papa, so what did we answer? We said, Look, it's no problem. It depends. On the, our mission is talking about the 14 of Nisan, that's why you're allowed to bring vessels and retrieve them. The Bryce that says that you're not allowed to retrieve the vessels, that's talking about um or if you want, I can offer a second answer. Interesting. You could actually argue that both prices are talking about it's no problem. Mamino. It depends. How much do you trust this craftsman? If you trust him that he's not gonna pull shtick and uh bill you twice and say that you you know, you that that you know you're gonna pay him now and then later on when you pick it up, he's gonna say you never paid me. So if you could trust him that this isn't gonna happen, so then leave him there. But if you can't trust him, so then you're allowed to take it on pesach tanya, uh, even on cholamoid eh, and we even learn in a eh, you're allowed to retrieve um vessels from the craftsman kigon for example beisa kadod, the um pitcher from the pitcher guy beisa azagog, and the uh, uh cup from the glassmaker avalotem but not wool from the dyer, Vlo Hauman, and not vessels from the craftsman. Now, Vim Now if this craftsman, Mamish doesn't have any any, any food to eat, well then no lo scaro manicho etlo. Well then pay him in advance, but still leave it there. Vim ainumino but if he doesn't believe the craftsman, if he's not so straight, if you can't rely upon him, that he's not going to pull shtick and say that, you know, he never got paid, well, then you could take it and leave it by the house next door. And if you're concerned that maybe it'll get stolen, well, then you can quietly bring it to your uh, house. So what do we see? So we see that um, trust plays a role over here, that if you can't trust the person, so then theoretically you could... Um, Take it back with you. So now, Torah's the mavin. Okay. So, we answered when you can retrieve the um, items. But Molichin kasha. But then, but how do you answer for Molichin, right? De Katani, as the B'raith says, Ein ravim v'chol de Molichin. Right? Meaning, our mission says that you're allowed to bring vessels to the craftsman and you're allowed to take them back. Now, if a that says that you're not allowed to take back, to retrieve items from a craftsman. And we said that um, both of them can even be talking about cholamoid. and it depends if you trust him or not. So, now here's the thing. That price says that you're not allowed to retrieve items from the craftsman. If you can't retrieve them, then certainly you can't bring them. So right, I mean, if they're there already, and we're saying you can't bring them back, certainly you can't bring them. So now we gave an answer about how you can explain why you shouldn't be able to bring them back, because maybe you don't believe the guy. But what about you know? So so right. So meaning, so don't don't bring them there if you don't believe him. If you believe him, so then if, meaning whoa, what am I talking about? If. You don't believe him, so then you could take him back, and that's what our mission is saying. But if you um, believe him, so then leave him there. Fine. So we explain that distinction. But what would be the reason? You know, we have the Bryce that says that you're not allowed to bring them back. Certainly, then you're not allowed to retrieve them, So certainly you're not allowed to take them. So how do we answer that? Our mission says that you would be allowed to bring them. The Brice says that you're not allowed to bring them. So, or at least implies that you're not allowed to bring them. So the Gemara says rather, you know what? Just go with the first answer. It's easier. Which is that Aramish is talking about in the 14th, and that's why you're allowed to retrieve, take, whereas the Bryce is talking about on Cholamoid, and that's why you're not allowed to retrieve and, and, certainly not take. It's just easier to answer that way. Well, that was Da'f Nunhei, Da'f 55. What do we talk about in Da'f 55? We talk about doing Malacha on Tishabav, right? We had a Machlokas in the Mishnah yesterday. The Chacham said that the Tamidi Chacham don't do Malacha on Tishabav. Shimon Megamelah says, anybody could decide not to do Malacha on Tishabav, like the Tamilich Chachamim. Uh, we asked the Kasha that maybe there was a backwards opinion in, in, uh, Masech the Brachis, but we explained how we could say. So, first of Yochanan said that it's backwards, but then we had Rabshisha B'Bred of Eidi, who said that no, you can say how oh, they both taka make sense. We discussed doing Malacha on Erev Pesach, according to Rabbi Yehuda, so it's taka you know, in places where you don't do malacha, it's taka asr to do malacha, or in places where you do malacha it's it's mutter to do malachah, Whereas where mayor says it's about minhach. Then in a place where they don't do malachah it's because the minok is not to do malacha, in a place where they do do malachah it's because the minok is to do malach. Is that is that they do malachah. Now we discuss it's and then we had a Mishnah which says that according to a mayor, when you're allowed to do malachah in Erev yomtiv, that that, right, that only means finishing. Melacha, but you wouldn't be allowed to start Melacha, and we concluded that what this means is that in a place where you don't do Melacha on air Pesach, so that means that the only thing that you'd be allowed to do on air Pesach is to complete Melacha that you need for the holiday. Whereas if you live in a place where you are allowed to do Melacha, it means that you'd be allowed to complete a Melacha, even if it's not needed for the holiday. But in, in, in any case, you wouldn't be allowed to start new projects. Now, the Chachamim had, had made an interesting point, which is that there are certain professions that they're actually allowed to even start projects on Erev Pesach until um, Chatzos. And those were uh, haircutters, um, launderers, uh, tailors, and Yosef Babuda said even um, shoemakers. And then at the end, we got this new Mishnah where we talked about all sorts of technical things that like you're allowed to do on the 14th, such as. You can put a chicken on 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 um, on, on on eggs on the 14th, but on Cholamoid, you would only be able to bring it back. Ravuna said that that would only be if it meets two conditions: number one, that um, it had already been sitting on the eggs for three days, and number two, that it had ran away less than three days ago. Rabbi uh, Rav- Ami says that even if it was sitting on the eggs for less than three days, you would be allowed to. Bring back the the chicken because you wouldn't once already the chicken has been sitting on the eggs, you won't be able to sell it for as good of a price. So be out of concern for that, we say you can even bring it back on Holamoid if it's been sitting on the eggs for less than a few days, and um, less than three days. Then we discussed shoveling excrement from under animals. And we had one place we said that you're allowed to move it to the side. The other place says that you're even allowed to move it to its proper disposal area. We saw machlokas between Abai and Rava. Abayi says that when you move it to the side, it's on Cholomoid. When you can dispose of it properly, it's on the 14th. Rava says that you can say both of them are talking about on the 14th, but it depends how much excrement there is. Uh, both of them are talking about on Cholomoid. It just depends how much excrement there is. If there's lots of excrement, so then even on Cholomoid, you can remove it. And then the last thing we talked about was... Um, bringing vessels and retrieving them from a craftsman. Um, our Mishnah says that you are allowed to do both of those things. And we have a Bryce that says you're allowed to do neither of those things. The easier way to answer it, uh, which the Gemara ultimately went with, was that on the 14th, you're allowed to bring them and retrieve them. On the um, on Cholamoid, you are allowed to neither bring them nor retrieve them. have a great, great Shabbos. Peace.